Welcome to I Caught It on Audio. This is Ride or Die Episode 10, Aerosmith Part 1, The Rise. Hello and welcome to I Caught It on Audio. Today we are going to continue our Ride or Die series and we're going to start a four-part in-depth look into the band Aerosmith and all of their uh, studio recording albums. Um, The uh, first section here, we're going to be covering the albums Aerosmith, Get Your Wings, Toys in the Attic, and Rocks, with a few uh, bonus tracks that are found on a couple of the live albums and uh, the Pandora's Box compilation album that were released during this time period. Uh, this we're dubbing this section as the rise because this is when they went from just a small band in Boston to one of the biggest, uh, most influential hard rock blues rock bands in the seventies. Um, so my uh, background from Aerosmith is I fell in love with the band as soon as I saw the Living on the Edge music video. I then proceeded to look into their old stuff, meaning uh, you know, Permanent Vacation and Pump, and then later realized that their their old stuff was actually a decade and a half older than that, even. And I went on to uh, to buy the the Box of Fire and the Pandora's Box and just absolutely fell in love with the band. So this was not a very there was there's nothing new for me in this. Uh, in this journey, so, but um, it was a lot of fun, especially this first section. So, uh, Zach, what uh, what's your background on Aerosmith? Uh, I so I um, kind of kind of similarly when um, Get a Grip came out and uh, and those singles started hitting the airwaves, uh, I really got into them, but I but never to the point where like I wanted to go beyond that album. Um, it was, mm-hmm. you know, this was at a very early time in my musical listening and experiences, um, age. And so I, I kind of like, I had that album and I listened to it a lot and I loved it. But uh, for me, it was like, I, I knew that there were, there was other Aerosmith out there. And, and to some degree, I, I think I put, I put some of their older albums on lists like, Oh, I, I want that one for, you know, sweet emotion, or I want that one for, for this song. And, uh, but it never, it never went uh, any further than that. And, and then it, and then later, later on, I, I started to get more exposure through you and through, um, you know, once streaming became like a thing that I could actually like go and listen to these mm-hmm. albums without, without seeking them out and paying for them. And, and then, um, and then I, I got a little bit more exposure, but never, never really to the, to the level that I think that you did. Um, right. and so I, I, I never, I don't think I ever heard a, Aerosmith song on the radio that I didn't like. And in some cases I liked them a lot that, you know, I, I wanted to hear more, more of them, of those songs. Um, but beyond that, it was kind of like this, you know, a lot of these albums, I, I had listened to them in bits and pieces, uh, but I had never really gone through them in this way. And so it was kind of a, a, a nice, a nice way of getting more acquainted with this band and, and understanding more about their history and, and where they came from. 
Dan, what is what is your experience? All right. So um, my introduction to Aerosmith was uh, watching MTV in the late 80s. Uh, so um, Ragdoll, uh, mm-hmm. Dude Looks Like a Lady, Love in an Elevator, all the stuff off of like permanent vacation and pump all the videos. And I, I liked them because all sort of rock music on MTV seemed cool to me um, yeah. in a sort of non-personal way i like oh yeah that's that's what, what music that's what rock music is that's cool you know um but they didn't really stand out particularly and uh then when get a grip came out that was a huge album um what was that 94 i think uh, yeah that right um so yeah we were we were like 15 and it was a um uh it, it was just, it was another just another band that i liked um and this is right around the time that you got you know really fired up about aerosmith um, Dave and yeah. I was like, yeah, Aerosmith's pretty good. You know, I, I liked, you know, Crazy, Amazing, Crying, Living on the Edge. I was like, yeah, those are good. Um, but it wasn't till I think later in that year, maybe a year later, something like that, when we we drove out west, um, out to Colorado, Dave, and you mm-hmm. brought uh, Pandora's box with you, and then I went from. Oh, Aerosmith is just another band that I like, but you know, not not. There's nothing amazing or or uh, special about them to being like, oh, this is really good. I mean, I I remember reading reading the entire you know uh, booklet with it and in, in the car and and listening to those those three discs over and over again. Um, whenever you were willing to give them up, you know, and so I could put them in my bag. <laughs> right. right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but uh, that was when I really started getting excited about Aerosmith. Um, and, uh, coming into this, this whole, this thing in my mind, this is the best era of Aerosmith. I'm curious to see if I feel that way after we listen to everything that comes after this, but I was, uh, very, very familiar with this stretch in particular of Aerosmith. Um, especially at the stuff on Pandora's box, which is some of each of these albums, um, and then, uh, I've always loved the first one, uh, the, uh, the self-titled, um, so I've listened to that particular one a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other ones, you know, you know, I, everybody knows the big hits off of, you know, rocks and, and toys in the attic. And I've always liked those, but I didn't spend quite as much time with their other tracks on there. And, uh, I never really liked, uh, get, a, uh, get your wings that much. But uh, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about that when we're getting to individual albums uh, as we go along here. So yeah, the the first album, Aerosmith's debut album, is their self titled album, um, and it's got probably their most recognizable song, "Dream On," on it. And uh, when, if I remember right, when that album was released, it got absolutely no no support from the record company. So. Uh, it it just didn't get didn't get any airplay, so um, it kind of was a, a flop yeah. until it was re released when um, Toys in the Attic became a hit. And yeah. uh, you're talking about Dream On, right? When they re released yeah, Dream yeah, On, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Dream On is their most recognizable, yeah. absolutely. And um, but like like you said, Dan, this this is a solid album. It's production level is kind of kind of low um and it definitely feels unenthusiastic at, in that regard yeah but it's just some just some great blues rock songwriting with uh 
with a whole lot of attitude. And I, I love every minute of it. What, what, do, what, what do you think about Eros, the uh, debut album, Zach? Yeah, I, I'm the, I'm the same way. Um, and, and when, when we did the, uh, the, <clears throat> is this song good episode for moving out? Yeah. Um, I listened to some of the other tracks on it at that time. And, uh, and yeah, it's it's a phenomenal album. I, I think the the biggest thing that I can hear is like the hunger of the band. You know, they're they're writing and they're they're playing and they're they're like they're trying their hardest to get out there and to get recognized and to succeed. And that I think that comes through on on the whole thing. You know, like they haven't settled into any sort of comfort zone. They haven't really fully found their their exact voice but mm -hmm. they're they're giving it their all and you know whether it's mama kin moving out dream on all those songs it you could just feel like how hungry they are for exactly. you know being this great band being the successful thing and um and yeah it you know the production isn't great uh it it's got some some oddities to it it's but but it's to me it's like it's not as raw as some of these other first albums that sound like they were you know recorded in somebody's garage on on a on a cassette deck right. <laughs> you know um like a four track cassette uh Red Hot Chili peppers comes to mind yes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and so it does it definitely sounds like there was some money behind it like they were actually trying to 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 make it something a little bit better than you know like uh, a polished demo tape. Right. Um, but it isn't, it, it, you know, and I think it has, has more to do with the, the time period than anything. Um, I did want to make a, a little call out to the, uh, the album cover, which I think is hilarious because it's like this, these clouds <laughs> in the background and then it's the yeah. band with, with clouds. And, and, and all I can think of is like, the, they were trying to have this like thing where they were floating in the clouds and because of the time period and compositing and not having any sort of tools to make that work, <laughs> yeah. they just pasted the picture of them with a cloud background on top the, of them looking badass, if you will, yes. uh, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I absolutely love it because because it, it's totally like it's, it totally shows it's terrible. <laughs> it's but it's right. terrible. It's amazing. But, but is it worse than the Get Your Wings cover or not? That's the question. <laughs> They're both amazing. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Dan, what what do you? I mean, you spoke yeah, about this. I, I love bit, I love but. this album. Coming into this, this is my favorite Aerosmith album. Um, we'll see if that holds up all the way through, but um, mm -hmm. that's that's how I've always felt. And you're absolutely right about the the production. It's very like lean and and dry. There's like no reverb anywhere on the drums. I think. Right. I, I mean, it doesn't mm -hmm. sound like it. Um, and I don't know that modernizing the production would make it better or worse for me i really don't know i just know that these songs sound right to me and yeah. I, I maybe it's just the strength of the songs um well i went through and uh jotted down oh go ahead uh, a Dave. lot of them got remastered for the pandora's box um and for singles like the pandora's box doesn't have the album version for many of the songs it's got alternate remastered versions so you uh you may have you may be more familiar with those because that's probably yeah. where you heard them originally and then just conflated 
you know, didn't couldn't they, tell the difference because you haven't yeah. heard them back to back. They don't sound different enough to me for me to really have noticed that. That makes yeah. sense that they remastered them. Yeah. Um, but uh, when I listen to, I mean, I have this on record, like a vinyl, and oh, when I nice. listen to that, it's great. When I listen to the the versions that we that we selected, the original versions, it's great. And when I listen to the Pandora's box, that was my first interaction with it. It was great. I don't really, I, I don't. I don't mm-hmm. really notice a difference. So, you know, for whatever that's worth, um, uh, go on each of these albums. I wrote down my favorite songs, like sort of highlights, um, you know, to, to, to cite, but, uh, it was all the songs on this one. So there's, <laughs> there's no real point. Uh, my favorites well, though, if you uh, had to pick one move in is probably my, uh, moving out is probably my favorite. Um, but my other like right up there ones are, uh, you know, of course, dream on as, as overplayed as it's been, I think it really holds up it's well. It's such a good song. It that is. Would, that would be my, if I had mm-hmm. to pick one. But you're right. There's four or five that would make the, if I had to put, pick, you know, two. Yeah. yeah and I, was, I think, go ahead. I was listening to the, to the, the, these albums in the car and Oliver was like, Hey, I know that song. <laughs> and I was like, where <laughs> yeah. did you hear it? And he was like, Oh, it was in Fortnite or I don't know, something he was exposed <laughs> to. Or so I was like, yeah. Seriously? So, I well, mean, it's... that's, that's how ubiquitous this, that, that dream on song is yeah. uh, and how great yeah. it is. Like and it I really is that good. It, it's an amazing song. Uh, the, the cool, like uh, the story goes that it was written by, you know, when he was a teenager, Steven Tyler, when mm-hmm. he was a teenager on piano. Steinway piano. That's why it has that sort of back and forth, you know, and they, they really leaned into the hard panning on this album with the yeah. two guitars, which I love. I love that. I know that's an older style of doing it, but it's it's very very evident in late '60s, early '70s, yeah. right when right when yeah. it was you know just becoming a big thing. Everything was in stereo, and they realized mm-hmm. they could do fun things with it. So yeah, they, they and when can... you when you have two great guitar players like mm-hmm. uh, Whitford and Perry, it's awesome to hear the separate guitars you know absolutely uh, jumping off of each other so but yeah i think the 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 super like it's it sounds i think this album sounds dated but like in the best possible way and i think that works to the dream on's favor mm-hmm. it's so simple yep um yeah. we'll get to uh the uh, power ballad on toys in the attic later but there's yeah. a real contrast there with the approach and production so- We've got a few bonus tracks that I tacked on to, that I that I attribute to this album. Um, there's the "When I Needed You," the Chain Reaction song, um, Stephen Tyler's first band, um, and then the "On the Road Again," uh, which was I guess never got released. It was, it was released on the Pandora's box set, but it was recorded during the same session as this. Hmm. And then I've got the two live tracks, "I Ain't Got You" and "Mother Popcorn," who uh, which were recorded you know, shortly after this. We recorded live shortly after this. Uh, what did you guys think of those? Chain those, reactions. Those are probably you've never heard unless you've you know been in the car with me and I've had it on. Yeah the the when I needed you one is really interesting because it, it it's it's not it doesn't really sound anything. It, it sounds very sixties and yes, it doesn't exactly. really sound like Aerosmith obviously because it's a completely different band, different musicians other mm-hmm. than Stephen Teller Tellerico. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? oh. Ta- Steve Talley on this album. Yeah. Steve Tallywacker. Tally. Yeah. yeah. Tally. Uh, um, I also really liked the uh, the ACDC singing at the end of On the Road Again. That really like high, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. that was. Right. That screechy type. Yeah. That, that was fun. Well, um, he's just, awesome. He's yeah. such an amazing singer. The way he like gets up there and then like weaves his way down back into the On the Road Again is amazing. Yeah. Not many people that can do that. It's not yeah. like, 
remotely. I can love move. the lyrics. I love the storytelling of On the Road Again. It's just, you know, he's coming home and he's looking forward to dinner being ready for him. And then the door's locked and he can't get in. So he goes to the window and she hasn't even put his dinner into the pot yet. <laughs> guess I'm on the road again. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the next house. Uh, now, as far as I could tell, this is a cover. Um, on the road again is a cover. I think um, it is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Sebastian, I wrote down, who is in The Love and Spoonful. Um, Do You Believe in Magic and stuff like that from the 60s. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I enjoy all of these. The The Mother Popcorn is very clearly a James oh. Brown song. Yep. And it's super cool. But like, I was kind of thinking, you know, if as good as Steven Tyler is, this is James Brown's like alley and oh yeah like, yeah no yeah. doubt about it but 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 it, it was it was good um the ain't got you you know that that's a cool one that's not what a super standout one but i i wrote the exact same thing down zach about when i needed you that it has a real 60s sound and yeah. I, I, i've always loved that one i mean it's it's the opener on uh, pandora's box yep um and uh so i've always enjoyed that one uh quite a bit um really this is um for me this is amazing i still love listening all these songs uh moving out has one of my favorite guitar riffs ever um right. the sort of like chorus or, or rather the verse like picked sort of uh arpeggiated thing that's going on right after the singing and i i just love listening to that song um mm-hmm. it, uh, a quick anecdote here before we move on to the next album uh i i when we were working in, in our shop me and charles i would just play music from my ipod all the time and at one point, Charles, who does not like Aerosmith, was like, oh, who's this? When uh, <laughs> when when this early stuff was on, I was like, oh, this is Aerosmith. He's like, this is Aerosmith? What are mm-hmm. you, what? And so, you know, I then I played a whole bunch of the early stuff for him. He's like, ah, oh, this is really good. Yeah. Uh, I, really, I really like this. I was like, yeah, they sound so different in the 80s and then the 90s. But yeah, to me, it, this, is, this is my favorite, you know, so far. We'll see if it holds up, but this is my favorite stuff. Um, and then another thing I wanted to add is I remember when, um, you know, reading stuff about the, uh, the newer, the Geffen era, you know, the Pandora's box or not, uh, the permanent vacation, the pump mm-hmm. and the, uh, get a grip albums and people complaining, they've got horns on this and, you know, string instruments and blah, 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 blah. That's not Aerosmith, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, guys, if you knew anything about Aerosmith, you know, on their very first tr- uh, album, they had a sax player on Mama Kin and write me a letter, you know? Yeah. And I mean, and clearly he even, you know, played with them out on, on uh, tour in those early days. Cause yeah. that's, that's who's playing on, uh, uh, they, they bring him out on the mother popcorn, right? mother popcorn. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, it, it was there. Utilized in a very different way later on. Um, yes, I, you, you can certainly make the argument their style of songwriting changed dramatically, but it wasn't like we've never heard you know horns with uh, Aerosmith before right. this. You know. So up next we've got uh, "Get Your Wings." We've got uh, this. This is one of my favorite starts to an album with the uh, the same old song and dance. Honestly, the next three albums are some of my favorite starts to an album. But um, <laughs> I love I love the way same old song and dance starts. Just um, it's like we're 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 here and we're gonna do this again and we're we're gonna do it better. It's just it's a fun little intro to the to the 
whole idea of the album. And then you've got my favorite else, uh, song from the tra- from the album. And this is probably what got me really into uh, looking into what Aerosmith did. Uh, and that's Train Kept a Rollin', which is, I believe, it's a Yardbirds song. Yep. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Um, it's a great cover. And it just shows their... Uh, their mastery over over perf- performing songs, and we we get this through the whole whole uh, catalog of their music, where they've got great covers on. I agree. On all of their all of their albums, like on on the first one, it was I think "Walking the Dog" was the cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got I what's one of my favorite ballads of theirs is "Seasons of Wither." It's on this one too. Yeah, that's a good it's one. So good. Um, so yeah, what are your what are your thoughts on this one? Oh, and just, we'll do a little background information real quick before we get going. So the first album was released in in seventy three, uh, January of seventy three, um, and then this one was released just over a year later in March of seventy four, and now we've switched to Jack Douglas as the producer. So that's that's our biggest change here, hmm. um, and it it definitely shows. So uh, what are you guys' thoughts on? On get the get your wings. Other I, than the amazing cover art, I really liked uh, Lord of the Thighs. <laughs> yes, um, so it just just cracked me up uh, uh, with the song title. But then then like actually uh, got into the music. Uh, it, it really was enjoyable. Um, I think overall this one was probably the hardest of the four for me to really get into and and enjoy. But once I did, uh, it's got some real gems. Uh, like mm-hmm. you were saying, same old song and dance, seasons of wither train kept a rolling i also like the uh, sos too bad song that one yep. was interesting that was a single um, also and so it, it was it was not quite as easy to slip into as as some of these other ones um but it, it's it's got some moments and and i think there was definitely a a big step up on the uh the production uh from the last one they um <clears throat> the sound has a little bit more of a fullness in there and um, probably, probably attributed to, you know, adding reverb onto the drums and things like that, (laughs) Uh, or, you know, bouncing things out a little bit better. Um, I I didn't really feel like this one kind of pushed any envelope. Like it was, it was kind of like just doing, doing its thing. And, and, and they were, you know, it's kind of like the soft, soft, uh, sophomore slump um, type of thing maybe going on a little bit, but, um, but I, I definitely thought that Steven Tyler, you know, he was, he was really finding his voice more and like, he was really starting to get, um, a lot more of that, uh, that, um, what do you call it? That it's just kind of like his, like you could hear the rock God attitude starting to come yes. out. The swagger. Yeah. Yeah. The swagger. yeah. 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 Uh, so what are, yep. what are your thoughts, Dan? Uh, well this, like I mentioned was, I always thought of this as as the quote bad early album, um, so I was really curious to sit with it and listen to it a bunch of times. Um, I actually found it Zach more more adventurous. They were they were going for some stuff. They were expanding their palette mm-hmm. um, rather than just doing the same thing. I I would say that it's not entirely successful. It's a little up and down at its best. I, I've always on my list of highlight songs that. I've got same old song and dance. I've always liked that one. Um, I've got Lord of the Thighs, which <laughs> all right. So it's it's I a love, great song. I love the yeah. guitar riff on, yeah, on Lord of the Thighs. Wonderful. It's it's awesome. Um, I it's 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 a it's. I read an anecdote in my 
extensive Wikipedia uh, research um, that said that Steven Tyler was quoted later as being like, oh, the critics hated it um, that I was making a, a literary reference to Lord of the Flies. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that really pissed him off. They didn't think we were that smart. I was like, I don't know if that's what annoyed people about <laughs> Lord of the Flies being the title, but all right, whatever. Um, it's, a, it's a hilariously bad title for a song, but it's a pretty good song. Um, and I really like that riff. Uh, uh, I, I really liked Woman of the World. Um, mm-hmm. got a, they kind of bring the acoustic guitar sound in there a little bit, which they have. I don't know if they even did it all in the first album. I don't um, think they did. Yeah. Train Kept Rolling has always been a personal favorite. They just execute it so well. I love the sort of train imitation with the whistles mm-hmm. and the chugging. Uh, it's great. It's interesting that they put, as, as I read, I, I was pretty sure it was a studio recording, but there's that crowd noise at the end. Yeah. Um, it was just a transition or I don't know what they were trying to do, but that was kind of weird. I thought, um, but it, it works for the song. It makes it feel more alive, I guess, in a way. Um, and then, um, my thoughts on two, like the two sing- kind of signature songs from this album. I think that most people would point to you guys both like seasons of wither. Uh, Joe Perry said it's his favorite, um, uh, Aerosmith ballad. Right. At one point, I think it's okay. I just think that, I find the lyrics a little weak on it. Um, and that's always kind of, I mean, that always just, they just stood out as bothering me a little bit. Like he can be very sort of clever and sometimes the lyrics are good. Most of the time I don't pay that much attention to what he's saying, but every once in a while it jumps out and I'm like, what, 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 what are you doing? You know? And that's, that's how I felt about this one. It just, I just find it slightly distracting. Um, and then the same can be said for Pandora's box, which I both love and hate at the same time the, the mm. song Pandora's Box. There's Sweet something about Pandora. it. Yeah. Uh, I, I never knew how to feel about um, about that song because there was something I always liked about it, but also didn't like. And I think it's there's something sort of forced about the, the, the lyrics in the song. So I'm going to just mention a couple of things here. Um, just, uh, just for fun. Some of the, some of the writing, uh, uh, when I'm in heat and someone gets an ocean, I jump to my feet and hoof it to the ocean. It's like, <laughs> just, just weird. Uh, yep. <laughs> when I hit the beach, when no one gives a hoot, nobody ever even wears a suit. I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. Ladies there look so proud because they know they're so well endowed. I'm like, all right. All right. <laughs> I just, it's fine. It, it's very Aerosmith. But like to the mm-hmm. point that I find distracting. And then, of course, the uh, the absolute best and worst innuendo of Steven Tyler's career is, uh, you know, um, uh, what, what was it? Um, now, I ain't what you call a city slicker or claim to fame to be a slitty <laughs> liquor. <laughs> I, I have real trouble <laughs> enjoying yeah. the song when that pops up. I'm like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> but like, I also kind of enjoy the song. It's like, I don't yeah. know. I feel weird about it. Um, yeah. That always jumped out at me listening back when I was 15. And now listening again, I was like, oh my God, it's so Aerosmith. It's so Steven Tyler. It's almost too much for me. But yeah. I actually think I... Uh, I like this. I appreciate this album more having spent time really concentrating on it. Um, I I don't think it's as good as the first, but the highs are pretty high. Um, mm. I just think it has more songs where I'm like, ah, I, don't, I don't know. I, I could skip this one. That's, that's kind of how I feel about it. But overall, pretty good. You know, I am a fan of t-shirts with V-necks and ties. Um, so I yeah, yeah. love the cover of, uh, of that. I also thought it was interesting that their first attempt at a, 
stylized uh, logo, the hairy bat logo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you're like okay, you're 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 trying to do something because the first album just had the like the block letters with the wing on the end, right. which is a little boring. But it's almost there. Yeah, you're like okay, that's a step in the right direction, but like it looks pretty chintzy compared to uh, what we would see on the next album's cover. And uh, if you guys are ready to move on to, to I just to, wanted to, to toys. also add um, Rattlesnake Shake was mm. required uh, recorded live at a radio station right around the time that this album was released, and that's an old um, uh, Peter Green era uh, Fleetwood Mac song, and I yeah. absolutely love that track, and that's a good album that that's that's what i consider good fleetwood mac um and i think yeah. aerosmith did an amazing job covering it and yeah. I'm, I'm glad that they did so that i could go and find the original and enjoy that as well this is one of my favorite covers ever i love yeah. it and i love the original uh which i only discovered after this but uh mm. uh i you know it's 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 a fantastic song yeah uh on to uh toys in the attic unless you had any more zach nope so Toys in the Attic was released just over a year later again, uh, April of 1975. Uh, we still got Jack Douglas producing, uh, still have all the original members. Um, and we've got some huge, huge songs on this one. We've got uh, the singles were Sweet Emotion, Walk This Way, and You See Me Crying. But um, that's that's just the beginning. I mean, you've got uh, Toys in the Attic. Um, Uncle Salty, you know, Aerosmith's first uh, or Steven Tyler's first uh, acknowledgement, a song about women, abused women, um, which seems to be a theme throughout his uh, lyric writing career. Um, You've got uh, a great another great cover of Big Ten Inch record. Sorry, I'll, I'll make sure to include that part. Mm. <clears throat> um, and then just other great songs like Round and Round and yeah. uh uh, Adam's apples, interesting, <laughs> and then no more, no more. I mean, it, it's it's a phenomenal album, top to bottom. We've got horns and orchestras and you know piano and all all kinds of fun things going on in this album that just make it one of the best rock albums of all time. Um, what are you What are you guys thinking about this one? I always wanted this album be just because of Sweet Emotion. I mean, there's something about that song that really, really got me, you know, af- after after I originally was exposed to Aerosmith. Yeah. And it, um, it's, it's a good enough song to own an album just because of it. You know, yeah. that, that's how good Sweet Emotion is. And I'm kind of regretting that I never picked this up because <laughs> it really is that good. Um, all the ones that you mentioned, I, I think Round and Round is, is one of my favorite like non, non-album or non-single uh, tracks. Yeah. Um, but it, it's really solid. Like this, this, I think this really solidified them as, as true hard rock legends. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's definitely a, a classic for the ages, uh, you know, whether it's the singles or, or, you know, the non, the non single tracks that it, it just from start to finish, it's really, it's really awesome. I, I love it to pieces. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Dan? Uh, yes. I, I always liked this, this album. Um, uh, it was always on my list of, of best Aerosmith albums. Um, and it's interesting. Walk This Way and Sweet Emotion. I love Sweet Emotion because it's got a super cool bass part. Mm-hmm. Um, and Walk This Way, of, those two songs have been played so much. Um, and so, But I think they're better songs than, than you. I tend to give them credit for when I sit down and concentrate on them because 
like the guitar riffs are so good like in them like mm-hmm. it's just it's it's more going it's, on than you think you know masterful guitar play i mean it just, oh, just I love shows it. That, uh, joe perry is among the elite and and even brad whitford is an amazing mm-hmm. guitarist yep. just just an incredible guitar play yeah i i just like the, the little like riffs that you don't like because everyone knows like the the sort of the main riff you know of of each of those songs mm-hmm. like with walk this way it's the da 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 and sweet emotion is the bass part, but like the like the verse riffs in both of those songs are so good. Uh, mm-hmm. Just really, they're really great songs. And yes, they get played a lot, and so sometimes I I don't get excited about them. But when, and especially in the context of the album, when you're like in an Aerosmith mode, they're really great. Other highlights for me, uh, I, I've always loved Toys in the Attic. I just love how hard and fast it is. It's just so driving. Yep. Um, great song. Um, Another, another great opener. Yeah, the, great opener. Yeah. Great opener. Really sets the tone. Um, big 10-inch uh, uh, record. Um, <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> is, you know, we always laughed at that one back when we were teenagers because, yeah. you know, penis jokes are funny. Um, and I'm it's, it's still kind of funny now to me because I'm a child still. Well, but, yeah, uh, it's it's the it's just it's the, the double entendre is just so good in it, you know? It, <laughs> It's uh, yeah, and it's subtlety. Subtle it ain't, um, but yeah. that's all right. <laughs> I can't imagine subtle Aerosmith; it just wouldn't work. No, um, I the the big band jazzy sound is really cool. I didn't remember yeah. it being quite that jazzy because I haven't listened to that one for for years. Well, um, it, but, it's a cover of an old mm-hmm. blues standard, I think. Yeah, and they kept well. I think yeah, but I don't I don't know what the original sounded like. Honestly, I didn't go back and, and look it up, but I, I just thought the the sort of big band sound was really cool. Um, no more, no more. I've always liked that one. I love the sort of the no more, no more chorus. Um, and, uh, I always think that that song sounds like it could have been lifted off, get your wings. Um, mm-hmm. it just has that feel to it. I don't know how to put my finger on that, but it's how it feels round and round is awesome. I just, it, it doesn't seem to be that interesting at first, but it kind of builds up. I love it when they start going to the round and round and round and they just keep looping it. And mm-hmm. I, just, I, I think that's a really cool, it's got a very different production sound which adds some variety. Um, the song that I don't like is you see me crying. Um, it's just too much and it sounds dated in not a good way to me. What, what do you guys think about that, that, that song? I'm okay with it. Uh, it's, it's fine. Uh, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. It's, it's a little too ballady, but it, it, I, I don't really have a problem with it. It's, I mean, it, it's not like the Armageddon song. No, <laughs> you know? no right, they, went, right. they went further down that road as we as we moved along. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I, I guess you could see it as a uh, as, as foreshadowing for what what's coming. But I I don't mind that song one bit. To be honest with you, um, it it's not your typical hard rock. You know song so it's it definitely stands out on the album a little bit but i think it's a good compliment to the rest of the album something a little a little more sentimental and um yeah i i enjoy it well that's it yeah i just it just i don't i I, it doesn't work for me but that's all right we can we can disagree on that i I I do think it's strange that that one was a single and not something like uh toys in the attic or uh no more, no more. No more, no more sounds like a single, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and this thought, is but. this is a problem. Uh, so they've got their greatest hits album, which is basically the the singles, the tracks that are singles, and then uh, 
we'll talk about this more when we get to the Geffen era, but in the mid mid to late eighties, when they came back, um, Columbia was capitalizing on all of their success with Geffen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just re-releasing, you know, repackaged early era stuff. And they've got a whole, you know, second, basically uh greatest hits album, you know, with 12 tracks on it called gems. And it's got just as many hits from all the, you know, all the, all these albums as the original one, the greatest hits had on it. It just, that's how badly they missed on some of these tracks for, uh, for yeah. radio singles and stuff like that, because there is so much good content here. Yeah. So it's really too bad that uh, a lot of it didn't get acknowledged fully from the get go. We should also mention at, at some point the, the enormous productivity, which perhaps was sourced by various narcotics, but they put mm-hmm. an album a year and you could argue four classic albums yeah. in four years. Um, and they all sound a little different. They're they're not yep. the same thing. Now um, they're they're thirty five to forty five minutes. You know they're they're records, so they're it's yeah. nothing like the CDs that are coming that we grew up listening to, where they're you know what seventy five eighty minutes something like that. Yeah, but then um, they're also thirty five forty minutes of solid good. I mean, really good music. So, and yeah, four years straight, four albums. It, that's incredible. That's, I was going to use that as my uh, segue to uh, Rocks, which, mm-hmm. you know, came out a year later again. Uh, oh, what about the between tracks? Soul oh, Saver yeah. and Helter Skelter? Soul Saver. Um, I was trying to find my note on that. I couldn't find it. Helter Skelter, I think, was a cover they did for, um, obviously, that's a Beatles song. Yeah. And I'm, I forget why they did that. I was trying to find that info. Uh, let me see if I can. It was a good good cover. I liked it. It's wi- it, it's a wild cover. You know what yes. I mean? Like, I, I don't yeah. mean like it's crazy that they did the cover. I mean like. It, it embraces feels, the name yeah. of yeah. You know, the, the title. It, it feels it, on the edge, you know. Which I think the first first great. time I, I heard it, uh, that was on Pandora's box, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. First time I heard it, I was like, oh, this is, this is that U2 song. <laughs> <laughs> you you two definitely borrowed their style of, of covering, although it's clearly not as wild because they're not really capable of that. Yeah. But like there's a lot of similarities to like the get to, like I know I know they're both covers, but they definitely have some DNA that they share with the interpretation. I'm yeah. sure they, they must have heard that version when when they decided to cover it on on yeah, uh, Rattle and Hum. I, I don't mm-hmm. that. Um let's see here. Uh Helter Skelter was i want to say it was for a a movie oh yeah it was for something um what was that again i i came across that too when i was when i was looking around um time to get the editing uh software out as we right um okay (laughs) around here um oh yeah lonely hearts club band soundtrack um Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, I got that wrong. Um, it's a previously unreleased song. Okay, so here. Helter Skelter was a previously unreleased song from the Toys in the Attic sessions. Um, and. Hmm. Oh, Soul Saver was. Oh, shoot. 
Yeah, why? I was curious why you toss Soul Saver on there. It's a cool little snippet, but it's yeah. just an idea. It's not really oh, yeah, even a song. A little- oh, 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 oh! That's one of the just the little minute long. Uh, yeah, it was like fifty five seconds or something like that. Yeah. Right. There's there there's a bunch of those in the next one. Um, Soul Saver. Yeah, in the on the on. Um, uh, like sh- I always remember shit house shuffle and that, yeah. that's a cool one. And yeah, they, they recorded. So, so the story behind all of those, and we'll get into that more in the next one is the, uh, the rhythm section would just be sitting in the studio waiting for Tyler and Perry to yeah, the talk, the talk show twins up. to uh, arrive, <laughs> yeah. toxic twins to arrive. And they just bust out these little instrumental bits, you know, mm-hmm. and, and record them because they're paying for the studios. So yeah. Might as well use it. Interesting. And they, they just be ideas um, that, you know, a lot of which never got used, but you know, they were recorded and um, yeah, there was just a cool little, cool little ditty that they did. Uh, I'm pretty sure Soul Saver was one of those. Yeah, well, okay. it looks like it. Looks like it was recorded in '75 yeah. when they were recording, um, you know, the rest of uh, the rest of Toys in the Attic. All right. So, if we're ready to move on, uh, yeah. up next, we've got the um, the, in my opinion, probably the best Aerosmith album. And it is, I think it's critically, it's thought of that way. Uh, And it is, it's rocks, which was released in 76 um, with the singles last child home tonight, uh, back in the saddle again, completely missing half the songs that could have been on the radio. But, you know, we, we were just talking about, there's only a year between these releases also. So Mm -hmm. there's only so many singles that can come out, I suppose. But yeah, Last Child is one of my all-time favorite Aerosmith songs. I think if I had to pick only one song to listen to again from them, it would probably be Last Child. (laughs) Back in the Saddle, with its build-up at the beginning, is quite possibly the best start to an album ever. Just the way it just kind of gets you in and then punches you in the face with this uh, heavy metal, you know, incredible sound and then you've just got some some great tracks the rest of the way through um i love it i've got jack douglas returning as the uh, producer um you know kind of cementing this early aerosmith heavy metal hard rock sound um and i know they were just stoned out of their minds when they recorded it and that's that's not the the best thing in the world but man it, it produced some amazing music um what are you guys thoughts on this one yeah, I'm pretty pretty there with you on this one. Uh, like after I got done with Toys in the Attic, I was like, man, that was good. And then this one started, I was like, whoa, wait, this is <laughs> <laughs> this is even better. And, yep. and the funny thing is, Last Child may very well be my shadow favorite or like <laughs> a known favorite song. Cause like for the longest time, I absolutely loved that song and had no idea what it was or oh. where it was from. <laughs> I mean, I knew it was Aerosmith. I just didn't know sure. like what album it was from or what it was even called or anything. And so like, I could never track it down. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's by far. I just love the guitar on that is so, so good. The guitar riff. Um, 
and it's and it's just got this such a great groove throughout the whole thing. It doesn't, it feels, it feels longer than three, three and a half minutes. And I'm okay with that because I want it to keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, it's phenomenal. And, uh, and yeah, nobody's fault is really good. Uh, Back in the saddle is also a classic. That was, that was one that, um, you know, when I was going through Pandora's box, I don't know if it was a live version or a different version or whatever, but that one always just kind of stuck out stuck out to me. And again, I didn't know it was from this album. Like I, right. I, I had, this was completely off the radar because I, I don't know if it's just because they have such a big back catalog and I didn't really like want to go through it and try and try and discern what, what was what and where, where things were. But now that we're going through this ride or die, I'm really glad because now I know that this is such a solid album mm-hmm. and I know where these songs are coming from. Um, Dan, what do you got? <laughs> Yeah, this has always been I think this I agree. This is the best Aerosmith album. Yeah. My my favorite might still be the first one. But like And I can't to, disagree with you on that. If I'm if I that's the one I want to listen to the most, but I think this is the best version of Aerosmith. Um it's the most Aerosmith. Last child, I wrote down that's the most Aerosmith song ever. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's awesome. Like it's it's everything that they do. It's got some vocal harmonies. It's got that the sort of like, you know, super groovy um guitar riff. And then it does like the cool like guitar solo at the end and like the outro and and there's a banjo in it. There's a yep. banjo. There's some there's <laughs> some cowbell action. And there, <laughs> there's actually some interesting stuff going on with the drums too. Like yeah. um, I was yeah. listening on headphones, and it was it was like the there there's the main drum, and there's kind of like a, a slight delay with like a thing going on over on the right channel. And and at first I was like, what is that? And then and then I was like, yeah, that fits with the groove. Like it's perfect. Yep. <laughs> you know, speaking of drums, uh, this is probably my favorite drumming that Joey Kramer's ever done than this oh, album. Phenomenal. Um, and nobody's fault is, is like the best, you know, I, you could maybe say that like rattlesnake shake is a great moment for Joey Kramer. Cause he gets that little solo at the end, but nobody's fault, man, that song just completely rips. It's, it's got this sort of like cool, like it, this volume swell thing, which I don't remember hearing much earlier than that, like with the, just rolling the volume on, uh, on the guitars, which mm-hmm. you started hearing mm-hmm. a lot more later. I was, that's cool. And then like when, when the riff kicks in, it's so heavy. Like it's, it's the heaviest Aerosmith that I think that I've, that I've ever heard the drums. Yeah. It has all these great drum breaks. I'm, it, it just, it's just that I love the driving Aerosmith where it's really fast and it's just going Mm-hmm. Um, back in the saddle, I've always loved that one. It's you know it's a little kooky with like the themes. There's some funny stories about them trying to make a bullwhip crack and then yes. hurting themselves in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> they, they ended up just like snapping a, a guitar cable cord and right, then like and putting a, a pop gun or something, which is funny. But like, man, that is such an unconventional guitar riff. Like the it's it's like stuttery and it it's hard to kind of like feel the groove almost and you can barely hear it going on under the amazing vocals. Uh, I, I love that, that song last child I mentioned rats in the cellar is cool because it was written sort of as a companion piece to, um, to uh, toys in the attic. Um, and, uh, and the song really, really sets off near the end when the harmonica and there's this big buildup going on. Uh, super cool. I always like the outro to the sick as a dog. 
get the let out. It's got a cool outro. They all end so well. Yep. Um, licking a, I, again, licking I wrote down all my, promise. I wrote down all my favorite songs from this album, and it's pretty much all. Which of is them. just a track list. Yeah, licking the promise for some reason on the little harmony parts reminded me of the Ramones, which is strange. Yeah. Um, no, but, that's, uh, that's that's really uh, apt. Actually, I I yeah, I, 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 totally I don't know hear why. That. Yeah. Um, and then we get we get uh, uh, a Joe Perry uh, solo composition where he gets to sing mostly lead uh, combination. Yeah, which is a which is a he's not a great he's not a great singer. He's never been a great singer. Well, he sings the, well with you know uh, he's Steve a B tier singer is what yeah. he is. But you've got an a, an, an S tier yeah. singer as your front man. So why yeah. are you singing Joe Perry? It's a, yeah, it's I'm a co- sorry. It's a cool song. It also has a funny line where he says he's walking on Gucci and wearing Yves Saint Laurent. Mm-hmm. Um, but his clothes are falling <laughs> off because he's so goddamn gaunt, or something like that, which cracks right. me up. Um, so that's got his good moments. Um, the for me the weakest song, and maybe it's just that Dream On is such a perfect rock ballad that I feel like they're they never quite reach that that limit. But um, Home Tonight is a, for me a much better version of You See Me Crying. Um, uh, that's he, fair. I, I I like it. I just don't like it as much as the other ones. Yeah. Um, did you guys think that that's I the thing I thought of when I was listening to um, Home Tonight was this sounds like it came off of Get a Grip. Um, it, it would fit on Get a Grip. Yeah, yeah. like it just had that feel to it. Um, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I love this album. It 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 even surpassed my memory uh, and expectation. Um, I just love how hard, fast and heavy most of the album is. It's just it's just great. Um, and I, I, I do think it gets overlooked. Uh, I know it wasn't super well received when it came out because it was considered a weaker follow up to uh, to uh, toys. Um, but I, that, I think since, though, it's been yeah, revered since, as be- even better since, than toys since it's sort of, you know, seen the, the way that we're, we're talking about it. But there's the there's fewer radio sounding songs on here, but. I think I like it a little bit. It's I think I like it better. So hard well, rock. It's, awesome. So it's peak. It's peak position on the Billboard 200. It was three, whereas Toys in the Attic was only 11. But the biggest difference I'm seeing here is that Rock sold four, went four platinum, whereas Toys in the Attic went nine platinum. Yeah. So there was a lot more units sold on Toys than there well, was Rocks. It just has a bigger footprint in the popular conscience because of Sweet Emotion and Walk This Way, especially yeah. when they did the Run DMC version you know yes. in the 80s and mm-hmm. that that boosted up uh and i think it's a more accessible album it's more radio friendly yeah. like the singles like um let's see what was back in the saddle on last child what was the other single on rocks on rocks it was home um, tonight home tonight yeah, yeah they love they yep. love the ballad but listen the, the lesson that they learned from their first album is that uh, uh, um ballads are a good way for them to go so it makes sense yeah. but last and child and back in the saddle get radio play still but not nearly as much as like the top they're probably outside the top 10 aerosmith songs that you hear on classic rock radio i would say right, right. Yeah. even though you do still hear them um so yeah. it just doesn't have as big of a footprint but if you made me choose between uh the debut and rocks i could only listen to one it would be very very difficult Absolutely. Probably choose the first one, but I'd be pissed that I couldn't so, listen to rocks. So yeah, yeah there, that, that's where I wanted to go next. If you had had one album with you, which one do you take? So Dan, you would take Aerosmith. I think I would, but it's very close with rocks. Zach, how about you? I, I'm going rocks. Yep. <sighs> yeah i I think I've got to go with rocks, even though 
Ah, gosh, it's a it's a real tough choice. But I think Last Child is for me better is a better high than Dream On is in on Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the way I'm going. So let's do another quick thing here. Rank the four albums in your preferred order. I'll I'll go first. For me, it's self-titled, rocks, toys, and then get a get your wings. Zach, what's yours? I would do uh, rocks, to uh, rocks, self-titled, toys, get your wings. Yeah, I'm I'm with Zach. Uh, I would do it the same same way. Uh, rocks, yeah. self-titled, toys in the attic, then get your wings. Yeah, we. I think we largely feel similar on this. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what? Get Your Wings is an amazing album, too. I'm, I have no complaints about that album. I think it's better than I gave it credit for. It's just it's not just, as good as the others. It's not on. the. Yeah. I, I think they were still searching about and like the, they, I feel like they got their best stuff out on the first album. And then they were trying to figure out where to go next on Get Your Wings. And they really nailed it on Toys in the Attic and then improved on it even further with Rocks. Mm-hmm. I think if you were to try and put together a better first four albums from any band i Mm. i don't i don't know that i could do it personally uh that is an interesting uh challenge which i'm sure we can't think of off the top of our heads but i'm sure some people would say some like beatles who are beatles apologists sure 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 sure. um i I don't know Um, that's probably fine yeah maybe (laughs) maybe rolling stones but even they i think even the beatles has such a dramatic sound change Mm -hmm. uh i think the rolling stones also had the sort of early 60s thing where they were writing they were doing like a bunch of like soul and r&b covers and then they they got their voice later zeppelin's probably the best argument but honestly i think the albums are a little outside of get your wings the other albums are more consistent because some of the zeppelin albums i could i could walk away from some a lot a decent amount of the songs um but i would say that you know if i'm trying to choose between you know zeppelin four and and rocks well, that's awfully tough that's very tough <laughs> but i yeah. think i think if you look at at uh self-titled and um and um and one and uh and uh one i would take i would take self-titled i'll take aerosmith and with, with three two i think i'd take two over to uh, get your wings I think I would, but I would yeah. take I would take um, toys in the attic over, over three over three for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's the closest argument that comes off the top of the head. I think I think you're right, Dave. That's the best comparison. But gosh, you know there may be a better first four out there, but um, right. I don't know. <laughs> like, and, and if you only got one song, which which song do you choose out of these four albums? Oh. <laughs> I'm. I still gotta go with Last Child. Yeah, that's that's yeah. mine too. I'm going moving out. All right. Um, I, but I last Last that. Child's up there. I think. I think Last Child sounds sounds more like Aerosmith. I don't even know if Moving Out's my favorite song on the first album. Is the other thing because <laughs> <laughs> One Way Street's freaking sweet. You know. Yeah. Um, Dream On's amazing, but yeah, I'll probably go Moving Out. I just enjoy that one so much. All right. You guys have anything else? No. What a great start. I, I assume that the next, uh, the next, each of the next three uh, uh, listening <laughs> sessions will be just as enjoyable. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no yeah, drop in yeah. quality coming, right? Uh, in the next session, we are going to be d- talking about Draw the Line, Night in the Ruts, 
also you know affectionately referred to as right in the nuts um <laughs> rock in a hard place and done with mirrors and this section has affectionately been dubbed the fall now i'm curious dave i know that you uh have a lot of you're not a big fan of of this particular stretch um i i think i might i'm curious whether whether it will be better than you think or whether i who kind of like a lot of these songs uh at least the the stuff pulled off of um i think we both agree down with mirrors is better than people give it credit for but well, we're, i guess we're gonna have to find out we're, all i'm of curious this, whether uh, i'll think it's worse episode. than i remember <laughs> and you'll think it's better but uh yeah. I, i'm really curious about this next one um, because I, I don't spend a lot of time listening to it. All right. Well, if you are listening to this on a place where you can like or comment, uh, do those things and let us know what your favorite album from this set is. And if you can manage to pick a song, tell us your favorite track. Um, you can listen. Well, we have this uh, playlist available on our website and um, 64tacos.com. And, um, yeah, do the liking, subscribing and all that, all those buttons, things. And, um, we'll see you in a couple of weeks with the next one. I caught it on audio. <laughs>